And we're live. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, I'd just like to say that I'm on the naughty chair again. <laughs> and I'm sat on two cushions to boost me up. I could just drop mine down a bit. No, I don't do that. The, the really nice chairs, actually, they're very comfortable and they belong to your parents. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's very comfortable, but it is yeah. very low. There's another one that I've just moved in over in that corner. Uh, this one doesn't match exactly, but it's the same kind of chair. Just got slightly different detail at the top. But, but low. Yes. So welcome. Uh, we're back at um, at Home with the Fishers, episode three. And uh, we hope you've had a lovely Easter. And, uh, we have. A good break. Yeah, we've had a really nice Easter. Um, it's been quite relaxed, really, hasn't it? We've been, uh, to use the vernacular... We've been doing lots of pottering. We have. Uh, we've been uh, a, a bit of faffing in the workshop. Nicola's done lots of faffing in the garden. Yeah. So what did that entail exactly, your faffing in the garden? Um, well, I've planted a lot of seeds. So I've planted coriander, tomatoes, um, sage, some unknown tube of, tiny tube of seeds that I found that must have been my dad's. Um and what I've planted today, I've planted some foxgloves and persimmon or perstemon. So I've been doing penstemon. that. Penstemon. Penstemon. That's it. Well, I really like penstemon. And when I could see, there was a, a a type called firebird. It was this really vibrant red. I used to like firebird. Penstemon called firebird. Uh, I think these are mixed. Um, uh but again, I do know that there's a lot of very accomplished blind gardeners. Yeah. And when I was having my rehab, uh, my social worker or sensory worker was called Maureen Overend. All right. And she said that one of her clients was uh, a blind cat. She was totally blind. And what she didn't know about gardening, she said a garden was amazing. And it was just all obviously all done by touch and sense of smell yeah she said she had a, a wonderful garden so good evening wayne hope you've had a good easter happy easter is that wayne fisher or wayne, uh, wayne the wood turner oh hi wayne the wood turner um i remember seeing i think it must have been on gardener's world or something a mm. blind lady mm. who had a lovely garden mm. and that was really interesting seeing how she did that and she could tell the feel of, um, mm. you know, whether it was a weed or a plant and what type of plant it was. Yeah. Again, it just highlights, you know, the, the the blind and visually impaired, their deafness of touch, you know, and whether or not it's gardening or, you know, uh, wood turning and being able to really, really feel on an intimate level what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So we've got... Um, Dave's the wood barber as well. Hi, Dave. Um, just checking you can hear us okay. Um, we've only just arrived, um, so we're no sigh, no issues this week, hopefully. Um, but we just went live rather than scheduling. Um, when I get a bit of time, I'm going to play around with scheduling and um, just get that to work. Uh, sound and vision is great, awesome, cool. So um, we've got a few things that we were going to chat about. Um, what should we start with? Do you want to start with demonstrating? Yes, we're going to discuss uh, 
the, the processes and the emotions uh, and uh, the logistics and everything to do with being a wood turning demonstrator. Now, that's going to come from my perspective and also Nicola's perspective. And we're going to to and fro the conversation. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to just uh, say, right, this is what I do, blah, 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 blah. And Nicola doesn't speak for 15 minutes. <laughs> we're going to do it chronologically. So it all starts uh, with Nicola, really, the demonstration. Okay, we've got a question here. Just one quick question. Is Chris feeling okay? He looks a little unwell. Now, uh, Nicola said this, but I'm tired. Yeah. He does. Um, I said to him earlier, because Chris tends to go a bit quiet when he's either um, anxious. anxious or if he's done a lot of turning or we've had a demo, we've had a late night and we've been really busy. So after um, Maker Central, expect to see him looking like this. Um you don't look that bad. I think you slightly, it's just the light as well. So you look a bit red. Um, Is it sunburn? You, you maybe caught the sun a bit. I'm tired. Uh, maybe it's uh, last Thursday, which is, it will cover yeah, the demo yeah. topic. But you, you're fine otherwise, aren't you? Fine, tired. <laughs> it's a blind thing as well. Shall, we, shall we say it? It's called concentration fatigue. Who asked if I wasn't? Uh, Dave the Wood Barber. Oh, thanks, Dave. No, I feel all right. Uh, I've got a G&T here on the go. So, yeah, I'm just feeling tired, mate, and a bit, I think, uh, let's, let's call it busy... weary. We've had a busy, sort of like, four or five days. Yeah, we've had a busy weekend, really, haven't we? Not manic, but we've done a lot. Um, uh, anyway, he says, if you ever want to chat, you've got his number. Yeah, thanks, Dave. No, I'm just a bit weary at the minute, and uh, I'll, I'll. Well, you're back in work tomorrow, are you? Yeah. Oh, I've got a chance of some afternoon naps actually there then, <laughs> while the cat's away. <laughs> um, Steve's on. Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. Happy Easter, mate. So anyway, let's talk about demonstrating. Then. <laughs> yes, and it all really starts with what you do so so well obviously we have a website and it says chris fisher the blind wood turner is available happy birthday happy birthday steve happy birthday steve the only man i know that has 365 birthdays a year i know so we've got a website that says chris is available for um bar mitzvahs weddings and wood turning demonstrations so people tend to either email via the website and say, hi, we're from such and such a wood turning club. Um, would Chris like to come and do a demo for us? Um, here are some dates. So then um, I'll check the calendar, see what we've got in, um, let Chris know that someone's asked if we'll do a demo, um, and then we'll go back and pencil in the date and sort details out. Um, and generally it goes in the diary. If that is uh they agree to our costs yeah yeah um obviously we charge a fee um for traveling somewhere um we have had uh a couple of 
uh, would turn in clubs, smaller clubs say, we can't afford that. And I'm not going to go into names or money. They just said, we can't afford that. So obviously it doesn't get penciled no. into the calendar. No. So, and that's it. That's that discussion ended. Yeah. Well, so. the, another bit of that discussion, um, if there are, would turn in clubs that are interested in you going, mm. but you know, some of them are smaller and they don't have the same um, funds. It would, it might be possible for them to collaborate with other wood turning clubs in the area mm. and do one big one. There's an idea. That's an idea. Exactly. Anyway, so in the normal course of things, I would then book the uh, demo, put it in our calendar, put it on um, the website so it goes on our events list, and then we just wait for the um, the demo to come round. So then it's you, really. Um, let me just read. Um, Steve says, oh, he's so famous and wanted. What, do you expect to get paid? How very dare you? I know. I know it's shocking. Isn't it, it is shocking. I should be doing it all for free. You should. And screw the bills, <laughs> you know, and paying for this. You just food. turn that light off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't afford the lighting, obviously, because I do it all for free. Uh, in an ideal world, I, of course, if I was worth mega millions uh we would be doing a lot more for free uh, but we do we have done we do charity we do, i have we? i have done demonstrations for charity uh which we do for free uh yeah. because we, we, we want to give back to yeah. worthy causes so anyway so the demo date is arriving and the day before I go into the workshop and start the the long job of packing up. Now, every wood turn is the same, uh, and you, you you go through what I need. You end up taking everything but the kitchen sink because every, we've all done it. We've got to a demo and gone, oh, my Lord, I've not packed such and such. And then you're trying to think on your feet, what do I do now? What do I do now? Hopefully the club might have one. And if they haven't, you really have to uh improvise. Yeah, put yeah, put your best improvisational head on. Uh so the day before I spend many hours getting all my kit together and literally thinking of and preparing for every eventuality. <laughs> what now? Steve says it's a shame that I'm there. Otherwise, they could just hand you up, hand you some ripped up newspaper, and say it's five hundred quid. Yeah, could actually. <laughs> but do you know what? I bet I smell the difference. <laughs> so they're clever trousers. Uh, well, we also have a checklist, don't we? We have a checklist that uh, after I've got everything packed up, uh, and it's all it's it's all in the workshop. In its tool chest and the odd box that I take, it's all there. And then Nicola will go through the checklist, she'll weed it out, and I'll say, Got it, got it, got it, got it, forgot that, <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Uh, so the first, the first few demos, it was really, really, I really need to hear this checklist now, but now it's, uh, I, I've pretty much got it yeah. down all mentally. So the, yeah, the day before is spent. Uh, not only packing, but mentally psyching up as well for the actual demonstration, going through the project, getting the mental images going, getting the creative juices flowing, uh, trying to 
just get everything grounded and uh, just going over through uh, the demo uh, mentally. So that's the day before. And the other thing we have to think about if um, we're traveling, if we're staying overnight, obviously we've got to pack um, a few bits and pieces. So we have um, an overnight stay checklist as well. Mm. So we just make sure, depending on where we're staying, that we've got stuff like um, a few bits for breakfast and um, coffee and tea and just little things like that that just make a difference. Um, Wayne the Woodturner says, the demo I'm doing, I'm not allowed to sand. I'm going to have to have loads of stuff in various stages of finish. Right, okay. Well, yeah, that's... that's yeah, some, some wood wood turning clubs don't allow you to sand and they haven't got any dust distraction available. Mm. So yeah, that's that's cool. I've heard of wood turners doing that before. Yeah. Uh, having having stuff at various stages of it's like completion. here's one I made earlier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're gonna do the whole uh, it's the blue peter approach <laughs> uh, to wood turning. Yeah. Uh, and anybody listening over overseas, blue peter uh, <laughs> <laughs> is a uh dave's just said are you doing a demo at blue peter <laughs> yeah i'd be the one that slips in the elephant way if you remember that uh so i'll be using loads of yorkshire grit he says yeah yorkshire grit and yeah keep the dust if i mean if if you can't get away with not sanding at all and you're going to sand a little just say to them oh yeah i use lots of yorkshire grit to keep the dust down well, what about that paste as well? Does that not work? Yeah, the beeswax lemon oil yeah. uh, paste. Yeah, that's good for uh, sanding and making all the... It's like Carl Jacobson when he sands and he uses oil and wax. Uh, it makes all the dust uh, clump together and just fall as a heavy particle. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, and on the packing up thing, we have to consider uh, his lordship that's lay on the floor next oh, to yeah. Him. Yeah, of course. Uh, his meals and food bowls and water and things. Yeah. So that's that's the pre. That's sort of like the 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 uh, the pre minus one. Yeah, and then on the day. Yeah. So on the day, um, I have to make sure that I've reversed the car up to the garage. Yeah. Um, so. I tried to remember the day before to park it right, but sometimes I don't. So I end up having to go out first thing and doing it. Um, Chris will then start putting stuff in the car. Um, and I do things like um, get the postcode, have a quick look at the map, make sure I know where we're going. Um, I've started as well. We, we do all our accounts um, on a system called Wave Accounting. So I've started just doing an estimate of um, the demo fee so that I've got something to give to the Wood Turning Club when we go. Um, and just check any emails that we've had with any particular instructions about how to get there or where they're located um, or stuff like that. So, and then... I load the car, which yeah. takes approximately... 30 to 40 minutes, uh, depending on whether or not I need to take a lathe or they've got the same lathe as I have, mm. in which case we can leave it at home. Uh, so I load everything 
the first few demos we had stuff sliding all over the car falling off uh and rattling around so again that's that's uh something you have to master yeah the loading the safe loading of your vehicle uh but now uh, i load it in a certain way every time uh, and nothing nothing happens yeah we've right. got that sus haven't we yeah um so then the next thing is we we set off we always leave lots of time um most of the evening demos will be about seven o'clock start mm. um but you can pretty much guarantee we'll be there by about three um depending on the traffic but we like to give ourselves plenty of time um especially if we're going on the M m6 because it's mm. been pretty rubbish recently um and we've had some really bad journeys um journeys that should take two hours have probably taken at least double that so mm. um we always factor in a, a contingency and we kind of like to get there don't we and find somewhere to have a cup of tea yeah. and coffee and just, just chill, chill out, out for a bit mm. um and then we're not in a rush and we know that we're at the destination hi maggie hi maggie um so yeah so then it's about an hour before the demo yeah i i like to have an hour before the demo because i lay everything out in a specific place again where i know it, it will be at hand uh, to facilitate a smooth demonstration but as the demo progresses through the evening it's uh it's me tapping around more for where things are because in the heat of battle you put that down because you want to get on with the next step because you're under you know these strict time constraints and the demo might be anywhere between two and three hours there's often a tea break and a judging of you know the club members uh pieces of art in between so uh yeah it, it generally ends up in sort of like disarray right we've got a couple of questions um dave the wood barber says good job you don't charge by the hour it is yeah um and steve says um does your rehabilitate this move what rehabilitate <laughs> cause issue with getting insurance no disability i think you oh, mean no um no actually um you did disclose it didn't you yeah when we um got the public liability insurance um i can't remember what the guy's name is now um it was one that was recommended to us um who sort of knows wood turning and yeah. um insures quite a number of wood turners and i said chris is blind and he said yeah it's not a factor so no it's um it's not been an issue at all and we've done it now. It's, we're probably on about the third year of doing the insurance. Yeah, didn't bump the premium up. Any, no, it? it's been the same. I think, um, if anything, it might have gone down by about a pound or something like that. But um, Whoa, what are you going to spend that on? Fizzy drinks, <laughs> fizzy and, drinks sweets. and sweets. Yeah. So we've unpacked the car, which we tend to do together, don't we? When we get to the demo. And you set everything out. Yes, and... Uh, have a bit of a, a chat with the club members and secretaries and chair people and uh, all this sort of stuff. And again, going through mental checklists, psyching myself up. That's the best way to put it. Psyching myself up 
making sure that the works on the lathe i've got the lathe set at the speed that i want it set at so it might involve uh, a bit of a, a pullion uh, ratio change so yeah it's all getting getting in the zone in the demo zone getting a cup of tea get well getting a few cups of tea <laughs> and uh, sometimes if we've not eaten since lunch we'll try and get some cereal bars or some sandwiches yeah from we're not somewhere. real very good on the food bit are we no we need more practice on the food bit yeah well we're generally not very good on food um but we we don't tend to take enough we took we had a demo this last week and we took some lunch but we didn't think about, about taking anything for later so we, we went were... from lunch <laughs> to one o'clock the following morning without any food yeah yeah, and, so. then we, and then we went to bed at about 1.30 a.m. So we didn't have anything no. for a long, long time. Um, so, right, after we've done that, um, so whilst, well, are we at the point now where you're ready to start the demo? Yes, but actually, whilst I'm setting up, ready to do the demo, yeah, you're doing your own thing, aren't you? Yeah, so. let me just read what this, I know what Steve meant now. Um, he put, Reability rather than disabled because he says Chris is not disabled in my mind, mine neither. Um, no, but technically and legally, I am, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's very nice for people to say, you know, uh, we don't see Chris as disabled, and that's that's really a nice sentiment. But I am legally, I am, and you have to disclose it, yeah. Uh, and it's it's to be to be totally blind is quite a severe disability really in the scheme of things because it's a huge element for cock-ups <laughs> so no but there was no there was no. there was no issue with it uh but while i'm yeah prepping for demo you're schmoozing aren't you yeah well I, I usually end up chatting with some of the guys from the wood turning club and i try to get some photographs of chris setting up maybe one where he's got a nice clean smock on and he's sort of ready to go, a couple of bamba. Um, I've started doing a lot more Instagram stories because those are good, um, and I did some last week. If it's not a really good picture, or I sit at the back so that everybody else can sit at the front, there's no point me sitting on the front row. Um, so sometimes I'm limited during the demo in terms of what photographs I can get. So I just tend to do them on um, Instagram stories and I've done a bit of video and just little things like that. Mm. So the better pictures I'll put on Instagram on Chris's grid. Um, but otherwise, I'll just sort of do bits and pieces in between. But I just try and put something on so that everybody can see what Chris is doing. Mm. So uh, and I look after Bamba as well. Once you start the demo, Bamba and I sit at the back together, and he's unharnessed, so he's allowed to be fussed and things. Yeah. So not fussed over. Uh, so that's that's what Nicola's doing just right before the demo when I'm setting up, and then really you get introduced by the secretary or the chairman. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. You you're uh, you're, you're off and running. So. The, the demo starts and you're always conscious of a, a few things whilst you're doing the demonstrating and for, for you those of you out there that do the demo you might agree with me here or you might have 
uh, not a disagreement, but your own way of doing things. But when I'm doing a demo, I'm conscious of time constraints, you know, uh, especially tea breaks. Yeah, tea breaks. Uh, you want to put on a good show. It needs to be entertaining. And I like to have a laugh and have good banter with the audience as well. And I do, I, that's the time because I'm not recording with the camera and having to think about that. That's when I get sort of like cheeky and have a giggle, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, so with, with the banter's to in and fro in, in a very, very lighthearted, positive way. Yeah. Uh, and that's good. I'm describing everything I'm doing just like I, I do with the YouTube videos. And that again, that's helping my mental images as I'm turning. The more I speak, the more I describe, the better my mental image of the project. Mm. So I'm talking about that. The uh, other thing you talk about as well, I'm, I'm always saying to Chris, um, make sure that um, you tell people the story. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. there's a lot of people who've never met Chris before, um, never heard how he went blind and anything else like that. So he will just talk a bit about that at mm. different points. Um, just hang on a sec, there's a question. Without sight, are you less anxious of talking in front of crowds? I, I, I've i always enjoyed talking. and I've never been a nervous Nelly apart from those four years, but that was because of the blindness. Uh, I've always been uh, a, a jolly, uh, happy person, really. Love to talk, love to make friends. Uh, I love to give everybody the benefit of the doubt and, you know, want to be friends with everybody and, be, you know, and in turn be liked. So uh, I don't get nervous public speaking, whether or not it's a wood-turning demo or it's at a business lunch or a business breakfast where I've done public speaking, different events like that. It doesn't bother me. Uh, but I think it does help not being able to see the audience mm. Uh, because is that saying where, oh, you've got stage fright? Well, imagine that everybody's naked in the audience. Uh, well, yeah, I haven't got that problem. I can't, I can't see people. So, no, I don't suffer with uh, stage fright. No, no, uh, no. So, anyway, uh, hope that answered your question. Uh, no, on, there's another not question. a nervous Nelly, really. Um, do you give yourself any rest between demos to give your mind a rest? Or could you do it daily like it was a form of employment? No. I'd, my, my head would be custard. <laughs> uh, so, no, that would be hard going for us. Be, and and logistically, we couldn't because Nicola works. I couldn't do it. Mm. Uh, the only way that would happen is if I did uh, public demonstrations at home every day, which wouldn't be as tiring because you're at home, everything's set up. But the whole packing up, driving, mm. doing the demo, driving home for hours, uh, that would be some graph that I think. Well, we drove on Thursday, we drove for six hours, didn't we, pretty much? Yeah, not each way. It was... No, three three hours each way, but that was six hours driving. Mm. Um, and then we were there from six till ten and mm. then... I mean, they're, they're long days, really, aren't they? And sometimes... Well, a demo is three days' work. Yeah. Sometimes, I, it depending on where we're going, if I might have worked, mm. and then we'll leave mid-afternoon. Yeah. Or 
I might be in work the next day and sometimes I can be leaving home at six the next day, which is a shocker. But, but let me just say, for any of you that have been offered a demonstration somewhere uh, and you, you, you're probably, you know, interested and quite keen to do it, do it because lots of fun. Mm. Lots of fun and you're sharing your experiences and inspiring people. And we're all different and, you know, uh, Steve, you know, who's... You know, a complete, you know, nut job, but in in a lovely way, you know, his his demos and his personality come across like Dave's Ward and Wayne, and mm -hmm. you know, so anybody out there that's been asked to do a demo and you've sort of like put it off, do it. You'll never know until you do it. And if I can do it, you can do it. Flipping heck, you know. But just be just be aware of you know, it's 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 hard work, but really enjoyable. And also, uh, you're going to get paid for it. Mm. So it's a, a nice little earner. Uh, Dave, the wood barber, says it will be many years for me doing any demos. Why? <laughs> there you go, Dave. Why? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, get back to us, Dave, with that. Why? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, after, after doing the demo. Well, there's another thing that um, I've got. Often when we go in the tea break, we're asked to judge the mm. turning, yeah. and I really like doing that. Yeah, um, it's it's great because obviously I look at things and I think, oh, I like that one, or I like that one, and then Chris will feel them all. But usually we've got a consensus, haven't we, um, mm. of which ones we like, and either from me seeing it or Chris feeling it, and we confer over it. Yeah, and, you know, and you'll sort of say, oh well this might have needed a bit more work or it could have done with some work on the bottom or mm. you'll talk a bit more technically. Yeah. But um, but we love doing that. Yeah. We love doing that. And of course you have to remember the different categories, you know, or different skill levels, you know, you'll have the, the rookies, you know, the new wood turners. So of course they're not going to be doing, you know, work to the standard of Richard Raffin or, you know, uh, Jimmy Clues or any of the, you know, Nick Agar, obviously, you know, and then you have your intermediates, and then you're mm. advanced. So you've got to consider many things. But it's a it's it's a it's a great honour, and it's lots of fun. I even sniff them, you know, uh, <laughs> to try and get a grasp of what species it is. But it can be difficult sometimes because they've got some finish and polish on them. But yeah, Nicola will have a good uh, look at them. She'll feel them, describe any colours that might have been involved and things like that and I'll have a good feel and mm -hmm. then uh, we'll come to a decision yeah, won't we yeah so that's fun that um Dave says that he's not got enough experience in a nutshell um when the wood turner says but you are used to speaking to people Dave yeah uh but you, when you did your first demo at Warrington hmm. um you know you'd done your YouTube videos and then Phil said Go on, what did he say to you? Hey, Chief, <laughs> do you fancy doing a wood-turning demo? And I said, uh, hold on, Phil, this is Phil, this, the store manager at Axminster Warrington, who I, I think is hilarious. He's, he, he, you know, he goes at a mile a minute, doesn't he? Mm. You know, he's so, yeah, he was like, take a breath, Phil. But I said, you do know that I'm blind. He said, oh, he said, don't worry, I've seen your YouTube channel. He said, you're better than half of the monkeys are getting here anyway. He didn't mean that, but I think he was trying to boost me, uh, you know, to say, look, stop, you know, trying to swerve the issue and get in it. So I, I said to myself, 
there mentally and internally i said i've got to practice what i preach here you know blind people can do whatever they put their mind to so can others so i said if i don't if i don't say it i'm, I'm wimping out and i'm not practicing what i'm preaching so mm. i said yeah go i'll go for it uh, and was i nervous that morning <laughs> i nearly hurled everywhere uh, so did you have to stop at mcdonald's you had to stop for the toilet for me <laughs> Uh, not to be sick for the, you know, yeah, we won't go into that for number two. But uh, anywho, yeah, the nerves were bad that one, didn't it? You know, uh, but as soon as soon as I'd got into the store and set up, I was chomping at the bit to get going. It was just, it's just fear of the unknown, and uh, yeah, that was the only time that I thought, uh, flipping heck, this is a big ask. But you get through it, and uh, if you get a catch, you get a catch. You know, if something happens, mm. you know, it happens to all the wood turners. Well, everybody wanted to wanted you to do well and they wanted to help you if you needed anything. But, I mean, yeah. you're pretty independent anyway. I think, I don't know whether it was that one where you used the bandsaw, was it? it no, it wasn't the first It was one. a later one. You used the bandsaw and freaked everybody out. I needed to just trim a piece of wood for the, for another project during the day. Uh, and it was a bit too long to fit between centres or something. Mm. So I just grabbed it, turned around. And obviously I've got a bandsaw at home, so I you know, turned the bandsaw on, and people are going, oh, we can't watch that! And they were all panicking and <laughs> turning around and walking away, so that was funny. Uh, but, yeah, no, demos, they're lots of fun, the hard work, and the actual process of the demo, you have to consider many different variables. Mm. How long have I got? Uh, am, I, am I doing it safely? Am I entertaining the audience? Are they getting the money's worth? You know, uh, let's make it a great project. But of course, again, you know, in the real world, things can go wrong and you can uh, have a catch or whatever. And you think, right, well, let's just carry on and deal with it like you would in your workshop back at home. If, mm. if you know, you're just there with a cup of tea and the radio on, what happens if you get a catch? You sort it out. What happens if you get a catch on a demo? Sort it out. That's the end of it. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, the demos generally are lots and lots of fun. So if you are interested, bite the bullet and do one. You won't regret it. Once you've done one, that's it, you're away. Uh, the hardest part is the travelling, really. Yeah. Let me just read these. So um, Dave the Wood Barber says he's used to speaking about hairstyles. So Wayne the Wood Turner says, so... As you're turning, you can take the piss out of the haircuts. Um, Dave says he's not going to win this one. Um, <laughs> Steve says he doesn't get asked to demo for two reasons, because he lives in Ireland and the cost of travel, mm. and because to demo in Ireland you have to be a member of the Turner's Guild. Uh, Wayne says that's a pisser. It means a lot of good turners don't get a chance to show what they do. Mm. That's a shame. But Steve... Um, I mean, I've seen your demo in the UK, um, UKIS, uh, Maker Central. Um, They're missing out. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Steve, and obviously people see Steve, you know, uh, turning on YouTube and his yeah. live streams, you know, m making his, you know, set of darts and all this sort of mad stuff. And uh, there's too many great projects. And Steve is a great innovator. This, yeah. And Steve's someone that does things for the first time. And everyone's like, jar on the floor. Can't believe he's done that. So it's a great shame that the masses don't get to see you do your thing, Steve. 
Uh, but maybe in the future you'll... Uh, maybe you might, you might not even want to. Do you want to, Steve? <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, Dave the World Barber says, I made a noodle step, believe it or not. What's a noodle step? Never heard of that. No, I don't know what a noodle step is. So, are we still at the demo? Yeah, so we've finished the demo. It's gone great. You know, that was three hours of controlled chaos. Yeah. Uh, and and then we get to the best bit. What's the best bit? The best bit is, right, everybody out. Yes. It's, <laughs> you know, this, this village hall has got to be closed, cleared and closed on the dot to hand the keys back to the caretaker that wants to go home. And all the club members want to either catch the last pint at the local or get home and have a whiskey before they go to bed. So I want to, to be putting everything in its place, nice and regulated, and this routine that I go through, none of that. It's like, get out! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so oh, you, you have 20 people helping you clear up uh, and pack up and get out, and it's like my head's like, whoa, what's happening? And where, where do you want it in the car? No, leave it. So Nicola just says... Just put it on the pavement or in the car park next to the car. Chris has to put it away again so it's all stable yeah. and not sliding and rocking all over the place. It is funny, though, isn't it? It's, it is. It's pretty consistent everywhere we go. Yeah. We get to the end and then it's like, right. <laughs> yeah, it, that is. That Clear is, up, get the lane That's off, not even controlled up. chaos. That's just chaos. <laughs> so, yeah, the last, the last half hour of the evening is generally utter madness. Uh, yeah. And then we drive home, and usually we don't say that much, do we, really? We no. sort of might say a couple of things if something unusual happened, but generally... But then you have the, the post-demo, uh, or it'd be the same for, you know, actors or musicians. You have the post... That's what I experienced, anyway. The post-demo high. Yeah. Because you've just done a, a great evening, you've had a laugh, you've been... Doing what you know you're really loving, you're passionate about, which is wood turning. So that's always lots of fun. And then, yeah, you're you sort of like you're buzzing. So if it's a relatively short journey home and it's a local demo, like we've got on Thursday in, mm. in uh, Mould, North Wales. Uh, shout out for Cheshire and North Wales Wood Turners Association. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're there on Thursday evening doing a demo. That's what we'd call a local. So by the time you get home generally on the good side of midnight you still oh couldn't go to sleep yet oh, oh, you're still buzzing you stay up you've got to stay up so, got to stay up and you know come down oh the worst thing though is getting back in the middle of the night mm. and having to empty the car <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that's one of the worst things yeah we empty the car when we get home as well don't we because you you don't want to be driving around to client no, meetings yeah, the following day. Not good for me doing that. With, with <laughs> half a ton, half a ton of equipment in the back, so yeah, we have to empty the car. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's yeah, but when you finally get back in the house and you sit down and you've got a drink and it's like, whoa, what a great night. Yeah. Because uh, you you couldn't sleep if you tried anyway if you went to bed because. No, we had got you, to chill out for a bit. Yeah, still we? racing. Uh, so that's that's really the day of the demo, and then the day after, 
I have to go in then and I spend an hour putting everything away. It's quicker to put things back. Uh, but I put everything back. I reset the workshop. It goes to its default uh, condition, which is everything in its place, nice and tidy, everything stowed away. And then if I haven't got a demo for a while, I can get on with some normal projects or a bit of YouTube uh, and whatnot. I, you know, if I need to do projects around my house, a bit of DIY and stuff. I can crack on with that. Uh, so, yeah, it's 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 quite a busy three days, mm. but worth it. Um, Steve says uh, yes, he would like to do it. He needs the extra cash. Yeah. Uh, Dave the Wood Barber says a noodle step is a step for hippie noodle. Richard Morley's other half. Oh right, okay. All right. Um, but Dave made one out of noodles, says Wood, Wayne the Woodturner. Not just any noodles, they were super noodles. <laughs> You're turning noodles. <laughs> I know I've turned breeze block and yeah, Steve's turned anything he can glue together, you know, or even boil sweets. That yeah. 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 That's funny. So um, are we done on the demos then? Uh, yeah, we're pretty much done on the demos. Just to recap. It's three days of uh, hard graft, but uh, also one great evening of uh, fun and inspiration and meeting new people and forming new friendships yeah. and getting paid. Yeah. So it's well worth it. So um, we were at Ice and Neen Valley Turners on Thursday. Yeah, Northamptonshire. Um, yeah, and they're in... The village of Cranford, St. Andrew. <laughs> and Nicola can describe the village. Um, it's one of the, well, it's what you would call a village um, with lots of um, cottages with thatch roofs and um, just old properties. There was um, a church dating back to 1674. We couldn't go in it because by the time we found it, it was too late. It was closed. But we had... Um, tea and cake in the old forge next to the village hall it was it was a really nice little village um there was a wedding going on in the village at cranford hall yeah yeah uh, still that was owned, like a still big owned by the you know the lord of the manor as it were you know yeah. the, the family that has the estate and the mansion house there which uh, is from georgian times yeah uh, but it was, it was a really nice um, great weather too so little good, place yeah. and it was um, the demo was in the village hall mm. um so that was just next door to the tea room and mm. uh, that was good it was it was a good day wasn't it we had a good day it was really a good day. yeah great crowd as yeah. well big shout out to ice and neem woodturners uh for those of you that know john clothier that's his local yes. club so john was there and that demo came about by one of my demos, uh, Axminster Nuneaton. So a couple of the Ice and Neem members were in the audience. Yeah. Uh, saw me turning, you know, were, were amazed by it and uh, asked me to demo. So that was cool. But, yeah, that was a really, really good crowd. If you get the opportunity to demo at Ice and Neem, uh, which Martin Saban-Smith is doing, Shortly. On the 25th of May, I think. Yeah, 25th of May. Uh, if you get the opportunity to demo there, uh, do it because it's a great club in a great little village. Uh, yeah, fantastic. 
Yeah. And then um, this Thursday, we're at Cheshire and North Wales Wood Turners. Yeah, we demoed. Yeah, we demoed there last year. Yeah. Uh, great crowd. Uh, another little village hall. I remember yeah. last year we got there, and the kids would. Yeah. Sort of like it was an after-school club, wasn't it? And yeah. They were doing. I don't know. They were running around having lots of fun. Yeah. Sports. It's like and a gym, gym kind yeah, of yeah. thing they were doing. Yeah. Sort of like kids' gym. Uh, so that was that was a great demo, and uh, young Ewan. Yes, a, yeah. A, a young, well, he's 18, 19 years yeah. of age, Ewan. Uh, he's a, a young turner. He loves Bamba. He loves Bamba, yeah. Uh, so hopefully uh, Ewan will be there this Thursday. Yeah. So, yeah, more of the same. Wednesday, packing up. Thursday, driving, demonstrating. Friday, unpacking. So let me just read out where we're up to. Um, Steve says, would it be worth investing in a trailer? And keep a demo kit in it just to hook up and go. Nicola wouldn't pull a trailer. Would you? No, probably not. Um Spoil the aesthetic lines of the vehicle. <laughs> no, it's not that. I've, I mean, I've never, I've never pulled a, a trailer, but um, it's. I suppose the cost of investing in a trailer and a, a separate demo kit. Um, well, we couldn't it, afford it. Anyway. It's probably not financially viable to do that. Um, An easier option. It's a good to idea. Get a, to get a, a, if we, we had the money, I'd like a bigger vehicle or a van, a dedicated van. Yeah. You know, we could get a cage in the back for Bamba. And before everyone goes, oh, putting him in a cage, he's so used to that. He travelled that way for 18 months as a guide dog. Yeah. It's a very safe way. And obviously, it'd have a lovely blanket. I'd love a, a dedicated van, really. Yeah. Uh, and then you could have kit in there. Yeah. Well, Steve says um, he's going to do that uh, soon for setting up a mobile turning school. That sounds like a really good idea. Um, mm. Dave the Wood Barber says, no idea who John Clothier is. Don't tell John I said that. <laughs> so... Um, Right, let's do workshop stickers. Um, we've not really had many workshop stickers recently because I think we've had um, stickers from everybody. So um, I bet, though, compared to a lot of turners, I've got very few. I, 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 I bet it's, a, I don't know if, you know, people, it's it's a blind thing. Yeah. You know, people thought, what's quite sending me the sticker? He can't see it. True, well done, genius. I can't see it. But if someone sends me a sticker... I know they've sent me a sticker and it means a lot and it gets stuck yeah. on the sticker board. It means something to me. Who cares if you can't see it? I know I've got it. So this one came um, from Nick, a.k.a. the Flaming Turner. Um, so we've done a sticker swap with him. So this will be going on Chris's board now that I've mentioned it to you. Um, so we have currently the good old Blindwood Turner sticker. We have also the keep on turning sticker and we have the can't see the wood or the trees sticker. Um, and we're hoping by the time we go to make a central, mm. we may have some new stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if anybody wants to do um, a workshop sticker swap that hasn't done one um, or you want one of these stickers, just let us know. Um, just message us uh, if you do it by the website 
it will come uh, via email to us. And or if you know somebody else that does sticker swaps, workshop sticker swaps, uh, bear me in mind because, like I've just said, I I get told who they're from, and it. Well, we've got um, we've got you know a note here. Um, so obviously, I read these out to Chris, um, and um, yeah, it means it means a lot to me to get a sticker, and it's a you know it's a, a great thing, and everybody does it, and uh, I'm sure I could I could uh, stake a lot of money on it if I had it that I haven't got anywhere near as uh, a lot of turners. But well, we'll get that sorted yeah. at Maker Central this time. Yeah. Steve says he's got a new design set of stickers ordered for. Make us central. Well, put us down for some of those, please. Yes. Um, also, um, I'm trying to get the podcast on iTunes. Um, I've submitted it about three times so far and it's been rejected. Um, and I've looked at the list of the reasons why podcasts can get rejected. Um, and apart from an issue with the size of the graphic, which I've now just sorted. I can't see any reason. So I'm hoping that it will be on iTunes very soon and maybe this last submission um, will finally sort it. But, but it's taking a while. What was <laughs> the first rejection? Well, I don't know. It the, first, they... the first rejection was it was test content. Oh, no. yeah. Yeah. The first one was it was test. Yeah, they did but, say it was but test it, content. But it wasn't. It was, you know, that was our podcast. And yeah. It was, you know, uh, up as as was intended, and then they've rejected it on because it had our name in the title or episode one or two, something spurious like that. Well, those were that was in the list of uh, possible it's, issues. I, so I've we gone can't through. fathom it out. It's no. like anyway. I'm hoping it'd be great just to get that sorted. So mm. um, that should be done soon. So we've done those. Um, Shall we talk about the would you survive if you lost your sight question? Oh, yes, yes. Now, we were having a bit of a discussion today. Just, you know, I said, the, the people want to, you know, hear all the time that, you know, uh, well, our experiences and people's thoughts about my, my blindness and things like that. And I thought... Well, you know, we're going to sort of like flog it to death, the whole topic. But Nicola made a valid point, which was. There you go, there's a. Sorry, I was just typing. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> what did you so, say? Yeah, I, when I was saying, oh, should we talk about me being blind again? And you went, yes, we should, because, you know, it's who I am. Yeah. You know, it's. Well, I think part of why we're doing this is to show a different angle to you as a wood turner and not just Chris Fisher, the blind wood turner who stands in his workshop, but mm. also to show what it's like for both of us with you being blind and mm. what it means on a day-to-day -day basis and um, what it means for you. Yeah, so I think there's there's probably like the the last uh, podcast we did, I asked you a couple of questions, and mm. they're probably things that people either wouldn't ask you because they might not feel that it's appropriate. Whereas I'll ask you anything, mm. um, or it's just things that people are not aware of. Mm. But um, 
the reason why I thought we'd mention this bit, when we were at Axminster on Saturday, uh, Martin Saban-Smith was demoing and Mick Hanbury. So we went along um, to spend the day there. One of the uh, people who was there, um, he said um, he didn't know if he would survive going blind or how he would deal with it. And I said, well, I said, you know, you'd probably deal with it much better than what you imagine, although I'm not saying it would be easy. And I, I talked a bit about what I know of Chris's experience going blind. Um, and also, um, I was, we were talking about, um, and I mean, I, I talk about this guy quite a bit because um, David Rath, Band, I think he was called Rathband, the policeman who was shot in the face and he went blind. Um, and he, I think he lived for about two years um, being blind, but unfortunately he couldn't cope with it and he committed suicide. Um, and knowing Chris now, I think about him a lot um, because I can understand a bit more what, what might have uh, made him do that oh. but I, I read something as well the other day um not sure uh whether it was John Furness on his website was saying that um it takes about 10 years to fully get the whole blind living as a blind man thing mm -hmm. um well you've passed 10 years now mm -hmm. do you think that's true yeah this is the best that I've felt in the whole time this year Mm. It's the best that I felt since. So maybe yeah, he's right when you think about it. It's strange. I hadn't ever thought of, you know, the time from going blind to when you really reach a point of complete acceptance. Mm. Uh, maybe it was last year when Shearer interviewed me and I said I don't want my eyesight back and I don't. And it is that complete acceptance and realization that it's who I am and. Uh, I'm I'm happy with who I am and where I am. Uh, that that guy that said at the demonstration that, oh, I don't think I could survive. You don't know until mm. you put in that position. Uh, and most people uh, will do much better uh, than they thought. And you know, it's one of those times where you have to really dig deep. And I said, you know, if somebody you know, somebody be, could be quite mild-mannered. Yeah, if someone broke into their house at night and threatened their wife and children, you know, that guy would probably uh, quite willingly give, give his life up to protect his wife and children. Mm -hmm. You know, it's amazing what you're capable of when, you, when you're put in that position. And you don't know until you're put in that position. Mm -hmm. uh, then you really, really do find out you know your true metal um dave the wood barber says i can't comment on if i would survive without my sight but i do know that i take my sight for granted and the transition from sight to no sight will be difficult mm. yeah it's yeah lots of people take their eyesight for, for granted and let me just say uh and this isn't to belittle any other disability I'm just going to tell you what I think. If I had a disability and had would have lost a limb uh, or I was 
paralyzed from the waist down you know there's still so much you can do with prosthetics and adaptations there are lots of people that are paralyzed that you know have adapted cars they get in you know you, you can have hand controls if people lose limbs they can still drive and have prosthetic limbs you know they can still see the members of the family just pick up a book and things like that and if you when you go completely blind you are massively screwed massively screwed and it's not just a couple of things of your life are made difficult it's everything every second of that day is difficult and eventually you get you get good at dealing with with the difficulties but uh it's in my opinion it's one of the worst disabilities you can have uh and obviously i know there are worse conditions uh, and i haven't got the time really to go into them but i think we all know just to you know come you know people with very severe disabilities that are you know uh profoundly disabled of course there's people always worse off than yourself but being completely blind and to go blind so fast it's right up there with a complete mind scrambler uh so yeah do not do not take your eyesight for for granted uh and you know people people say to me oh uh you know what sort of something really glib like oh yeah i'm short-sighted so i sort of get where you're coming from you haven't got a chuffing clue you know that's that's the difference between you know uh someone owning a smart car and being able to pilot the space shuttle you know it, they're just worlds apart and people try to oh yeah well i sort of get what you're on about chris because you know i'm short-sighted i can't see a thing without my glasses get a grip will you you know i i live in in, in darkness 24 7 so uh it's yeah it's a horrible horrible disability but it, it's who I am, and I'm so grateful, really, that you know I'm still here kicking life in the seat of the pants. Well, let's talk about um, let's talk about something more upbeat now. Go on then. So um, we're hoping at some point to have a chat with um, a blind woodworker in America called John Furness and his wife Annie. And I was reading on their website, um, they'd been married uh, for three years. And um, John has been blind since he was 16. But he, he does wood turning and woodworking. Um, but it was some of the things that they'd said about how they met yeah. and um, sort of what had happened. And it was... There were so many similarities, it was quite funny. Oh, yeah, you said, I remember now. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I don't know, some of you might know this anyway. Um, Chris and I met um, through one of my clients, Speed of Sight. Um, I started working with Speed of Sight oh, back in um, about October, November 2014. And um, I'd mentioned that I like doing photography. And John asked if I would do some photography for them at a, a track day. And Chris was one of the first people I think I started chatting to. And me being me, I was asking all sorts of questions like, oh, how did you go blind? And how do you read, use your phone? And how do you get text messages? And how do you do this? And how do you do that? Mm -hmm. um, 
How do you know your backside's clean? I never asked you that. No, that came later. I wanted to, but I just thought I didn't know you well enough. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we sort of, we just got to know each other, didn't we? And, mm. um, but it was, it was later on um, when things had evolved between us. Chris said to me one day, um, can I feel your face? Um, and I just thought that was quite extreme, really. Um, how else would I get to know what you look like? <laughs> I know, I know, but it was, um, it was sort of early days, wasn't it? But what, what, made, but did you let me? I did let you. There you go. Um, but what made me smile when I read about, um, John, John and Annie was, um, I think. John had said the same thing yeah. um and I well the the funny thing was after you'd said that <laughs> must be one of the most used <laughs> chat up lines by the blind <laughs> can I feel your face yeah yeah so I googled what does it mean when a blind man asks if he can feel your face it's a chat up. <laughs> yeah um but hold on before we go any further can I give a huge shout out to John Furness and his his partner Annie, wife, wife sorry, uh, Annie. Uh, now, I've, I've said before, you know, uh, totally blind uh, craftsman in the world. I'm not the only one. I, I'm the only one doing what I do in, the, in, in this country, but I do know that there are other, others around the world where we're very thin on the ground, but they are out there. John's one of them. Mm -hmm. He's uh, a master craftsman and he's blind. Uh, so, we're looking forward to talking to you. So, yeah, Johnny's one of the you know few in the world that's uh really falling in love with working his hands, working with his hands. And unfortunately, we were to Skype at the weekend, but Annie wasn't feeling that well, so it's been postponed. But uh, yeah, really, really eager and keen, and so looking forward to speak to. John and Annie, that'll be an epic, yeah. epic chat. Uh, and I think he was uh, he was uh, involved in a TV commercial in America for Jeep, wasn't he? Was it Jeep? Some car manufacturer used him in a TV commercial. About the other guy, John Furness. Um, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I might be wrong. Well, what was that other guy as well that we've? Um, I've forgotten his name now. The one that was in the the car, he took the couple in the car, and they... oh, was that him? I thought that was John Furness. No, no. All oh, right, well, I'm wrong then. Yeah, there's there's another um, blind woodworker that has been in touch with us, and I, I forget his name. Um, he's he I can't remember where he, he's based now. All right, okay. But he's he set up um, a school. Does he make furniture? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, he makes furniture and um he's recently moved into a new building to set up this school. But he'd done an advert and um it was a, about a car and a couple he meets this couple um in the advert in a, a cafe and they're trying to get to such and such a place. So he says, oh, I'll, I'll show you where it is. And they both look at each other like, how's a blind guy going to do that? Mm. Um, but I, it was a really good one. And it's... it's and you described it to me, didn't you? Yeah, it's mm. very much what Chris does. Um, Chris will often say when we're going somewhere, oh, you don't need your sat-nav, I'll tell you how to get there. Mm. And he'll just say, oh, what's on your right now? And I'll say, oh, it's, you know, 
the cross keys, pub or whatever. And um, he, he knows exactly where we are and how to get there. Mm -hmm. um, Steve says, have you ever been in an awkward position where someone genuinely says something like, OMG, did you see that, Chris? And then realises what they said. Oh, that happens quite a bit, really, doesn't it? Yeah, people, yeah. Uh, and people uh, start correcting themselves. You don't have to, it's, you know, sighted people speak a certain way. Uh, and that's that's how they speak. So, yeah, if, if someone says to me, Chris, did you watch Star Wars last night? I'd say, uh, oh, yeah, I love that film, which I do. Anyway, mm. if I said to somebody, I, I automatically say, and Nicola will correct me, I say, did you listen to Star Wars last night? And Nicola's like, no, they watched it. They were able to. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, I listen to things, and I say that. Mm. But sighted people, a lot of people say, hey, Chris, did you watch this? Or did you watch that? And then they go, oh, sorry, Chris, we'll forget. And it's all right, it's fine. That's that's how people talk. Yeah. Did you watch the film? People say something like, um, they'll use the word blind, won't they? Mm. Oh, that was a blinding film or yeah, yeah. something like that. <laughs> we think it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And like I sit in the blind spot in the car. Yeah. Actually, I think last year when we were at Maker Central, or it might have been you, Kiss Steve, you do a lot of blind jokes and I think it's really funny. And it it's funny. It's much better when people do that mm. um, rather than trying to walk on eggshells and mm. worry about saying the right thing. I remember a few years ago, my Uncle Alan <clears throat> took me out for a pint. So we're in the in the pub uh, and uh, I had I had me, me, uh, me shades on uh, and some guy uh, he'd had a few and uh, he was sat at a couple of tables away from us uh and he said he said to his his friends at the table check him out what's with the shades who does he think he is and they went shh he's blind and he went no fucking way <laughs> so anyway he came out he said oh i'm so sorry mate uh because i must have turned around and sort of like give him the evil eye uh, and he came over and he was so sorry and he bought me a pint, well, an Uncle Alan as well, uh, I think. So he said, oh, I'm sorry, mate, I didn't know. And in his finest Mancunian accent. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, yeah. But you see, he, he was there sort of like slagging me off and I heard him mm. and his friend says, shut up, he's blind, he's got a cane. Uh, so he did apologise and he bought us a drink. So, yeah, no foul. Uh, when the wood turner says, "How do you like your G and T?" Uh, well, I just just a single measure of gin, and then topped up with with tonic, just sort of like pretty plain and simple like that. Mm. Uh, and the reason why I'm drinking gin and tonic is there's less carbs in it. So uh, I've I've been I am losing weight, and I tell you what I am drinking. Uh, <laughs> When I get up in the morning and before I go to bed, I am drinking uh, organic apple cider vinegar in water. So it, it helps you lose weight. It detoxes your system. It reduces your cholesterol significantly. Uh, and Nicola's seen a big difference in uh, my waistline. Mm. My T-shirts, although I'm sat down here now, slouched, my T-shirts are a lot baggier on me. There's more room in the front, the back, 
the shoulders, the arms. So it does work. I am losing weight. And I, I love wine and things like that. That, I, that is my favourite drink, wine. Uh, but uh, there's less carbs and less mm. calories in a gin and tonic. So uh, I like it anyway. I like gin and tonic. But I used to only drink it on the plane going away on holiday as a treat. But, yeah, no, just a single measure. And that, that way one bottle can last me a couple of weeks. Uh, tonic. Going through a lot of tonic, though. <laughs> so I think that's, that's everything on my list. Anybody, how's everybody doing anything? Have you done anything good this Easter? Anybody got any more questions? Or Has, um, every, has everybody drank lots and eaten lots of chocolate and really pigged out? Lindsay says, hi, guys, it's Merlot time. <laughs> it is. It's always Merlot time. Well, we had some chocolate. Someone bought me um, a box of, you know, little mini Easter eggs. Amber's here. Amber. Yeah. Hello. Hello, Bam Bam. Can you say hello? No. Oh, he's birds. That's nice for you. <laughs> um, yeah, so we had some, we've eaten some uh, little Easter eggs, haven't we? And we yeah. had a nice Indian the other night. Yeah. Charlie's getting a bit old for Easter eggs, so we sent him 30 quid. You can put it towards his flying lessons. Uh, Plymouth are bringing out a limited edition gin. Oh, cool. Um, Steve says he's been carving rocks from the local beach. Yeah, I've seen pictures of those, Steve. They look really good. I saw, well, a couple that had sort of swirly. Just with a Dremel? Um, swirly design. I'm not sure how he's been doing it. I've only really seen the photographs. Just with a, a rotary tool, Steve, and diamond tips. They look, they look really good. I really like them. Um, I like the design you've done on them. Um, so I'm just waiting for a couple of answers. Now. I know, yeah. Uh, hi, Wayne, love the leaf platter and vase. Well, I've not seen those either. Um, one of the things that's quite tricky, really, um, is um, because I log in as Chris, um, but I just don't get the time to really immerse myself in what's going on, so um. I'm really sorry that we don't comment that much. It's just time constraints. Occasionally, if I'm on Instagram posting for Chris, I might see something. Um, so I'll mention it to Chris and I might comment. But generally, it's um, it's just the time constraints. Um, Steve says, yes, with a rotary and diamond tips. Yeah, I've, I've heard. I've heard of the technique. Uh but yeah, that'd be interesting. If if you can, Steve, uh, bring one to make us and let me have a feel because I'm guessing it'd be very tactile. Um, T plus G making. They've they've been building a new shed so that they have space for the lathe and dust collection long term project. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, that's awesome. We had a look at a shed, didn't we, today? Well, one of one one of my dreams is to get Nicola a summer house. Uh, as a garden office, an office, so she can go in there and write and think, and she can have a little uh, writing desk and a nice chair and a little sofa, and she can put some nice girly pictures up or probably photographs uh, that she's taken. So, yeah, that'd be cool. Just, we, we Just a pop shed. 
Yeah, they didn't have anything. They had one, but it didn't have enough windows no. in for what you'd like. So well, that sounds good. Um, dedicated space for a lathe. Mm. Right then. Well, it's what um, time are we on, folks? Twenty to nine. Well, I think that's been good, really, and yeah. I've thoroughly, as you know, as we said before, we are really enjoying the podcast. It's it's a lot of fun to think of what we're going to say. Yeah, it's a lot of fun talking about it, and it's funnily enough, it's a lot of fun listening back to it as well in the yeah, car. We're sad like yeah, that. Yeah, we need to get out more. <laughs> but having said that, we're out quite a lot at the moment. We uh, we listened to the um, last week's. Well, we finished listening to the end of it, didn't we today? Um, we're not vain. We're just critiquing it. Yeah, so seeing where see we can what we sound like yeah, and where we can improve. Honestly, folks, when you know. Yeah. Right then. Well, it looks like we've we've come to a natural conclusion here. Um, so we will wish you all a very good evening. Thank you very much for joining us. It's great to have you along, and um, it does make a difference actually having some comments and interaction because otherwise we'd be sat here just talking to ourselves which and, we do anyway yeah Nic nicola and i we we don't listen to a lot of mainstream tv we talk a lot don't we yeah and something will happen during the day and then we'll go topic for the drive home <laughs> and we will discuss and analyze and deconstruct what had just happened uh so we love to talk and uh, we bounce ideas off each other all the time, yeah. uh, and it's it's great. Uh, you know, mentally, it's very stimulating and enjoyable, isn't it? It's, a, it's good to talk. Yeah, like the TV advert from years ago. It's good to talk. Yeah. 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 Right then. Right. So, thank you very much, everybody. Go now and get yourselves a glass of wine, uh, Guinness, Steve, uh, a nice cup of tea, a coffee, a G and T. Uh, you have my permission, I'm sure you need that, to go and uh, have a nice nightcap off at six. I'm just going to say as well, um, I read it, but I didn't um, read it out loud. Makers International website has a link for £20 off sticker printing. So I'm going to go and have a look at that. Love the show. Th listen next week. Guinness and Chinese. Happy days. Happy days indeed. Yeah. Have a great week, everybody. Um, and we'll we'll catch up with you again next week same time same place keep on turning everybody thank you so very much bye everyone bye